You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 234 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? It's a little bit after the trade deadline, Uh, I guess basically the home stretch to the end of the season from here on out. Just one month left of the regular season. Just one month left. Can we believe it? Um, and 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 is it spring yet? When is? I think we're in the last grasp or last gasp of winter. Um, these groundhogs don't seem to be any better predicting spring than the Canadians' medical staff does predicting uh, injury returns. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that later in the show. But happy to be here. Happy that you're back this week. And uh, we have a terrific show for our listeners today. Yeah, great to be back here. Uh, Crazy that it's March already. I think the other day I went to sign something and date it, and I wrote January. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) crazy that it's March right now. Uh, But anyways, a nice show we have lined up here for everyone. Uh, We'll get everyone up to date on uh, the Montreal Canadiens from this past week. And of course, we'll talk some Habs prospects towards the end there. Uh, In segment two, we're going to have our big topic segment, uh, talking about some of the things to look forward for the remainder of the season. And in segment three, it's uh, the Have Your Say segment. Our Canadians Connection question of the week is, has uh, Dennis Garionov come as advertised? Are we happy with his performance? Uh, Do we think that he should be sticking around? We want to hear from you. And Rick, what's the best way for everyone to let us know what their thoughts are? We've set up a Rocket Sports text line for you. It is 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Text us anytime, 24 hours a day. Also, give us a follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website at canadiansconnection.com. This past week, the Montreal Canadiens played three games, and please make sure you check out all our comprehensive game previews and post-game recaps at uh, allhabs.net 
And it's, uh, well, three losses. Three in a row. It's a bit of a losing streak here. Going back to uh, March the 5th, Montreal takes a trip into Vegas and they lose 4-3. to three. Uh, The Habs pop three in the third period for a bit of a last-minute comeback, but uh, didn't quite work out. Kind of strange to see Jonathan Quick in that uh, Vegas Golden Knights jersey, wasn't it? Yeah, he got a nice mask, uh, a Vegas mask going already. It, it, it didn't take <laughs> him long at all. Looked pretty comfortable. Uh, the Canadians didn't look comfortable. Uh, they were completely dominated in the first period. This was... Uh, um, one of those uh, uh, Vegas flu kind of situations that they talk about. Um, a three o'clock start Vegas time, and the Canadians weren't ready to go in the first period. Made a game of it, um, and uh, but yes, uh, uh, um, faded in the end, and and uh, Vegas went on to the win. Uh, after leaving Vegas, Montreal had a couple days to recover here at home. Uh, Carolina visited on the seventh, and it was a shootout loss. Uh, the Habs uh, kept things pretty close. Actually, I was uh, pretty impressed with how they kept it uh, nice and tight against this Carolina team who's having an incredible season so far. Uh, in the shootout, no one other than Jesperi Kotkaniemi gets that shootout winner. Uh, I, I'm a little bit conflicted about how I feel about that one. I just think, well, first of all, yes. Um, let me agree. Going um, toe-to-toe with, with Carolina, who second best team in the league this season they are they are something to watch they're a little bit off their game and and uh uh anti ranta injured during the game he's had an incredible season two regulation losses i believe um but uh, he he left with an injury um and the canadians were able to take it to a shootout and and listen uh, throughout the game uh, Bell Center fans, I, 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 it, it boggles my mind that they would boo Jesperi Kotkaniemi. I mean, it really had nothing to do with um, the the whole offer sheet thing. Um, yeah, he did sign it, but um, he was he was left uh, to that by Mark Bergevin, who wasn't doing his job at the time. Uh, but how dramatic for for Jesperi Kotkaniemi to come out, um, his little tap of the stick to distract Jake Allen, and then f- f- rifled it. Um, into the top corner and really silenced the the crowd. It was, it was, yeah, kind of a, a for the the Hurricanes certainly and for Jesperi Kotkaniemi, um, a bit of a storybook ending. Um, and and for the Canadians, like I say, um, it for them to to stay in the game as long as they did, uh, you got to give them credit as well. Yeah, and credit once again. A couple days later, on March the ninth, uh, the New York Rangers came to visit Montreal. And again, they kept it pretty close here, taking it all the way to the shootout. Uh, Montreal did not score on their three attempts. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, the bizarre choices that uh, Martin Salem we made in that shootout a little bit later. Uh, the Rangers win 4-3. to three. Um, Yeah, I'm going to circle back to this one a little bit later. I'll get your thoughts on this game, though, Rick. Caden uh, Gooley. Uh, th- this was the return of Caden Gooley and uh, scored 35 seconds into the game. Uh, he looked great throughout throughout the game. Um, got an assist on the the uh, Canadian second goal. Tough game for Nick Suzuki. Uncharacteristically, uh, led the team in turnovers, um, and for the first time this season, um, he missed in the shootout. And uh, so that was that's two consecutive shootout games that the Canadians have lost and and uh, raised their uh, winless streak to five games. 
Yeah, identical scores in these last two, four to three. So nice to see that. Uh, check out our comprehensive game previews and post game recaps for every Montreal Canadiens game at allhabs.net. Uh, the record for these Montreal Canadiens currently 26, 33, and six. That's 58 points and good enough for 27th in the NHL. We have some roster news. Uh, you just mentioned it there. Nice to see Caden Gooley get back into the lineup against the Rangers. He looked pretty good and he scored a goal. Yeah, he, he looked great. And, uh, and the Canadians, we said, we've said this before when he's out of the lineup and then he returns, uh, you realize how much the Canadians have missed him. Um, he, he just, uh, he's well beyond his years and, and having a good rookie season. Jordan Harris and Christian Dvorak were added to the injury list with lower body injuries. So you get uh, one guy back and then you lose two. Uh, it's tough. It's, it's, it's really tough. Kirby Doc will be out indefinitely. Uh, a bit of a disappointing uh, uh, circumstance there. He was having a really good season and it uh, doesn't look like he'll be back anytime soon. Yeah, and and remember that's a bit peculiar, right? Uh, because he was out with a virus, and then that virus became um, a lower body injury, and um, and and really, there's been very little news uh, on Kirby Doc. But the Canadians simply announced that he's out indefinitely. Justin Barron and Jake Evans were skating alone on Friday, so maybe there's a little bit of hope to get some bodies back soon. <laughs> Jake Evans hasn't played uh, since the 14th of January. Um, and uh, Justin Barron uh, against the Kings, um, there was that hit, Carl Grundstrom. Um, it's it's unclear whether it's a shoulder injury, some outlets saying a possible concussion. We, we don't know. Um, but uh, hopefully uh, it, it's a good sign seeing them uh, back on the ice. Yeah, on Thursday night, uh, the Montreal Canadiens uh, put out some medical updates. Part of that was uh, the Kirby Doc update. They also mentioned that Brendan Gallagher would be out for three to four weeks. Uh, this season, he's only played 25 games, so a bit of a tough stretch here for Gallagher. It seemed to say that every year. Um, unfortunately, at least, we remember during the break uh, that he was seen um, in a in a, a warm location. Uh, uh, he had a, there was a picture of him that his girlfriend posted where he was walking in a in a walking boot. Um, and he's uh, no longer wearing that walking boot. So that's good news. Given the the injury update, and they said he was going to be out six weeks or so, he should be back by now. And they've added another three or four weeks, extended that time. Uh, will he be back um, and and play uh, any any games uh, by the end of the season? That's that's looking dubious uh, right now. Well, we know that uh, Arbor Jacky will not be back. He underwent season-ending surgery on March the first. Uh, they stated that he'll be back likely by training camp next season. Successful surgery and and yeah should be back. We've said it before. Same doctor in Denver uh, by uh, that Cole Caulfield used. Cole Caulfield, uh, good news. He's out of his sling. He probably passed that on to Arborjacki, who can no um, different size people. Um, but but yes, one is following the other in terms of the shoulder surgeries. Dennis Gurionov was uh, absent from practice on Friday. Turns out he was in Ottawa resolving some work visa issues. 
I'm hoping those got resolved nice and easy. Yeah, let's hope. Um, fortunately, it was close by and able to zip over there and get that done. And for the month of February, our Molson Cup honors go to Jake Allen and Mike Matheson. Uh, it'll be split for that month. Uh, both earned a first, second, and third star. Um, nice to see that uh, there's a theme of goaltenders uh, getting this honor. And uh, Mike Matheson, local guy, I think his play's been a little bit better as of recently. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, uh, you know, there's been some criticism in the past when, when Jake Allen and Sam Montembeau, uh, you know, uh, with with uh, difficult records have, have gotten the Molson Cup. I don't think you can say that this month because... Uh, in February, um, Jake Allen had a 4-1-0 record. He had a uh, uh, 2.0 goals against. He had a 9.37 save percentage. He had a, a good month. Jake uh, Allen played really well uh, and uh, is very deserving of, of this award. So now it's a good time to get to our week's winners and losers. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadian's Connection. Starting things off here, we're going to go with our losers of the week, and I'll uh, turn that one over to you, Rick, to start this. I am going to select this week. Um, is is he a household name? Is he, um, you know, a member of the Montreal Canadiens? Well, he's a, rem- a member of the Montreal Canadiens organization, um, mostly an, an ECHL player, um, uh, but he has been called up um, to play with the Laval Rocket. Um, and uh, uh, this past week, well, I, I should say he's, he's 24 years old, um, not the biggest stature, um, 5'11", 200 pounds. Um, but he's, he's, uh, he's been a bit of a tough guy in, in Trois-Rivières, um, in the ECHL, um, and, and he comes with that reputation, having played in um, the, for the Indy Fuel in the ECHL for the last couple of years. Um, in the 2021-22 season, he had 192 penalty minutes for the Indy, Indy Fuel in 51 games. Trois-Rivières Lions, he has uh, in the neighborhood of 50 penalty minutes in 25 games. Um, but he's been, because of call-ups, because of injuries, he's been um, recalled um, uh, for the Laval Rocket and is a favorite of, of J.F. Uhl. Um, and looking at uh, the Laval Rocket stats, um, it's Riley McKay who leads the um, Laval Rocket with 86 penalty minutes this season. In 11 games. He's played 11 games. He has 86 penalty minutes. That's 7.82 penalty minutes per game. He blows everybody else away um, (laughs) in the league uh, with his uh, penalty minute per game average. Um, we know that, that the Laval Rocket, uh, under Jeff will have had discipline, discipline problems. They take way too many penalties. Uh, but this is, is a little outrageous, um, against the, the senators, um, uh, the Belleville senators that is, uh, this week, um, he was out of control. Um, the senators, uh, uh, were well in hand. Uh, th- this game was, was well in hand. Belleville ended up winning five to one. He was head hunting. 
Um, and in the last couple of minutes, um, he went after Sen's top prospect, one of one of their top prospects in the AHL, uh, Jacob Bernard Docker. Um, there was no reason to um, to 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 fight, uh, but he just beat up on him. Um, anyway, he was suspended, and and I think luckily, lucky um, to only be suspended one game. Um, there's an automatic suspension if you have uh, more than um, uh, one major in in a game. There's you know more than three in the there's there's a whole number of reasons he could have been suspended the last couple of minutes um, of a game. He got one game, and he was very fortunate. Um, I, I think that um, Jeff Wool needs to to instill some discipline and and letting uh, this player run roughshod uh, was not a good look. Not a good luck for Riley McKay, but not a good luck for the Laval Rocket. Yeah, so good choice on your end for the loser. Uh, for me, I'm going with Martin St. Louis' shootout picks for the game against the Rangers. Um, so we talked about back-to-back uh, four to three shootout losses. The one against Carolina, you know what? The, that went a few rounds. I was okay with all the picks there. This night, in particularly, the Montreal Canadiens did not score on three attempts. The first pick, Rem Pitlick. Okay, I can get that. He's uh, he's had a couple shootout attempts this season. He's scored before. All right, I don't mind opening up the shootout with that. Suzuki, that's an obvious one. Uh, you mentioned that that uh, the game against the Rangers. That's the first time he's missed a shot in the shootout this year. So, all right, I'm I'm good with that. Alex Belzile is your third shooter. Uh, the game, you're putting the game on Alex Belzile's stick in the first place. I, I don't agree with that. Alex Belzile in the shootout that early on. Like, come on, man. I know that Belzile has scored a few goals since being called up. And it's a nice story for fans. Fan favorite for the Laval Rocket. He was the captain this year. Uh, bounced around a bit between the AHL and ECHL throughout his career. Gets a nod in the NHL at times. Bit of an en- energy guy. Looks all right. Uh, he's not been my favorite player to watch, but I know that he has contributed a little bit. Putting this guy in the shootout, like surely there were some better options to go number three. Um, you know, I, I might throw out a Jonathan Drouin who has had some success in the shootout before he's done the shootout many times eight for 28. That's not too bad by shootout standards. Uh, you know, Josh Anderson didn't go at this point. He's a very talented forward that could go. Uh, I could even throw out, you know, a yes, Ulan in here, maybe a young guy who's not had an attempt yet, but he's, he's still a very skilled forward. But going Alex Belzil as your third shooter in the shootout, putting the game on his stick, the way things played out, not a, not a bright move by Martin St. Louis. I, I don't agree with that. Uh, Belzil, not even necessarily a skilled type player. He's more of a grinder, a checking guy. So I, I think that to me, that was ugly. So my loser, uh, Martin St. Louis shootout picks against the Rangers. Oh, that's a very good pick. And, and, um, not, not to pile on Belzile, but yeah, he's not a, he's not a skilled player. He, he, he's not, doesn't have the hands, doesn't have the skating ability to, to be a skilled player. And, uh, it was his first, uh, career shootout attempt in the NHL. And, um, it was a, a poor one at that. And, and as you said, um, you know, the, the, the players who have taken the most sh- uh, shootouts this season for the Montreal Canadiens and been the most successful, Suzuki, Pitlick, Caulfield, and Doc, two of those players 
not in the lineup, obviously. Um, so you might want to look elsewhere. But but yes, there was there was far better options, uh, far far better options. And even as you said, if you wanted to give somebody their first uh, attempt, uh, you might look at a, a Newland, um, who's a who's a much more skilled player. Um, then, uh, or, you know, a uh, Gurionov is one for the free in, in yeah. his, uh, in his career. So, um, uh, th- it was a very, very odd choice. Yeah. I mean, if the shootout went, you know, nine, 10 rounds, I can see maybe throwing Pelsy a little biscuit here, but, uh, number three, come on, <laughs> there's gotta be some better options. But uh, looking at our winners from the past week, uh, I'll start things off. I'm going with the uh, I'm going with the goalie here, and it's uh, Joe Verbetic uh, playing with uh, the ECHL Trois Rivières. He had uh, two wins this past week. He posted a 9.31 save percentage and a goals against average of uh, 2.50. That's pretty good for the ECHL. A lot of goaltenders get uh, all, they face a lot of pucks. It's a very difficult league for goaltenders to emerge from. So uh, nice to see that he's had some success there. Uh, there's been some injuries in net for the Laval Rocket. Uh, uh, we know that uh, Verbetics had some opportunities before. It's been a, maybe a bit of a mixed bag for him in the AHL, but uh, nice to see him uh, get a couple wins in there. Uh, Ken Hughes, uh, before the season, did mention that uh, there is currently no goalie of the future in the organization. So that job's uh, up for grabs. So nice to see that uh, Joe has uh, maybe brought the spotlight to himself in this past week. He's been pretty good. Um, he's been he's been good. And it's it's odd. I, I hate to pick on the 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 folks in Laval, uh, but um, to why wouldn't he get another opportunity, as you yeah. said, uh, with the injuries? Um, and currently Kevin Poulin is, is, uh, the, 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 the backup or the number two in, in Laval has been injured. Uh, Caden Primo up to eight or nine. I'm, um, I'm not sure which it is, uh, starts in a row, um, as, uh, 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 Jeff is not comfortable starting Philip DeRoger, um, Philippe DeRoger, uh, had one start and wasn't good in in Laval. Uh, may get a start today, going up against um, his uh, his former team in in Springfield. Um, but uh, you know, Philippe Deroger had has a losing record in uh, Trois Rivières, six fourteen and two. Uh, Joe Verbetic has, and you, as you said, it's it's uh, it's tough. And and Trois Rivières not a great team, uh, but he has a winning record. Joe Verbetic, ten, uh, 12, 10 and and O. And um, uh, Joe Verbetic uh, in the games, he had three starts in in Laval. Uh, he has a winning record, two and one. So um, let's see him get more starts. Let's see him called up to. <laughs> Lavelle and uh, and get more starts. I I I, uh, I really like your uh, pick for winner this week. Yeah, thanks. And uh, who do you have for your winner? Going outside the organization, but not necessarily outside the province of Quebec, uh, and that is uh, to Danny Briere. And um, and it is Danny. Um, if if you <laughs> if you meet him and you talk to him. Uh, as we've done many times, I've sat with him uh, in games many times. Uh, we've interviewed him. He's been on uh, the Press Home podcast. Um, he says, call me Danny. My friends do. Um, Danny Briere, um, and 
he's he's not one of those who kind of sat out and said, uh, "No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to uh, uh, jump from the from being a player to uh, you know into an organization until I get my absolutely perfect job." Um, it's like uh, I'm I'm willing to do the work. Um, and Danny Briere has uh, just been named the interim. Um, acting, temporary, whatever you want to call it, um, general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, and and I know that, uh, you know, uh, it's tough, and we're going to talk about it uh, a little bit later, uh, how it's tough that, that uh, getting a position means someone else lost a position. Uh, but if there is a deserving person, it's, it's Danny Briere, um, after he re- retired, we remember, you know, he played one season with the Canadians and it was uh, um, not not uh, the most successful. And he was traded uh, partway through the season um, for uh, Parento. Um, and uh, uh, when he was a free agent, all Canadians fans thought he was uh, going to come to the Montreal Canadiens. He instead signed as a free agent with... Um, the Philadelphia Flyers, and uh, I know that that lots of Canadians fans hold a grudge against uh, Danny Briere from that point on. But um, once he retired, he he became a special assistant for the Philadelphia Flyers. Then he became uh, the general manager and eventually uh, the president of the Maine Mariners in in the ECHL for about five years. Learned the game, learned every role uh, in hockey ops. Um, and uh, has been a special assistant this past year uh, in hockey ops for the Flyers and now becoming uh, the general manager and, and, and is going to be a candidate for sure, a strong candidate for either the general manager or the president of hockey ops uh, as the Flyers uh, undergo um, a restructuring in their front office. So congratulations to uh, Danny Briere. Yeah, certainly a good story for him. Uh, you can see hard work pays off, uh, and uh, it's nice to see that he put in all those hours working his way up to it uh, rather than just waiting around for an opportunity and not having any experience in it. So I, I think it's a good choice for them. Uh, certainly nice to have a, a name and a well a well-liked guy be put in that position. And our resident Flyers fan, Amy Johnson, seems to be quite happy about it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But uh, speaking of Amy Johnson, I think it's a good time to get to our Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So starting off our uh, prospect report here, we're going to take a look at the Laval Rocket from this past week. They played three games, and they only scored one goal in regulation in each of those games. Uh, Going back to March the 4th, uh, Rockford visits Laval, and the Laval Rocket lose in a shootout 2-1. Primo seemed to have a pretty decent game, actually, uh, making 44 stops. But uh, the Rocket go 0 for 7 on the power play. And uh, I know every week I I harp a bit on the Laval Rocket's power play, but some numbers here just really jumped out uh, to me this past week. And uh, that leads me into this next game here where it's it's kind of more of the same. Uh, Belleville takes a trip into Laval on the 8th of March. 
and Belleville wins five to one. Uh, Laval goes one for eight on the power play. The B sends go four for nine on the power play. Laval takes 55 penalty minutes in this game. That ties in a little bit with uh, what you were talking about earlier on. What in the world happened here that Laval got 55 penalty minutes? Well, these two teams don't like each other. They don't like each other at all. And and yeah, it, it got ugly, especially with uh, Belleville uh, getting well out in front. Uh, of note for me um, was uh, the, the it looked like there was going to be uh, a shutout uh, for Belleville, but with 12 minutes left, uh, J.F. Uhl pulled the goaltender well on the power play and... Uh, um, and for a, yeah, a six on four situation. I, I don't know that I've, I've seen that before pulling your goaltender with 12 minutes left. Yeah. Especially when you're down by that score. Uh, but Hey, I guess it worked out and instead of going over eight, they went one for eight because they had the two man advantage there. Uh, a couple of days later uh, on the 10th of March, uh, Laval goes into Syracuse and they crack that losing streak. They win a game two to one in overtime. Uh, like I said, hate to keep bringing it up, but 0 for 6 on the power play. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> Surely this has to turn around at some point. Uh, the OT winner comes from Mitchell Stevens uh, doing a nice setup for Pierre Dubay. He makes no mistake. So ending the week on a winning note at the very least. And uh, on that power play, uh, that needs to get fixed before uh, the postseason, before the, the playoffs, uh, the Laval Rocket, at, we know the expanded playoff format in the AHL. Uh, they could be in that play-in round, and, and uh, they're going to need a better power play if they want to go anywhere in the playoffs. The Rockets' record currently 24-23-7-3. That's 22nd in the AHL. Uh, just a note here, uh, newly acquired Frederick Allard was assigned to the Laval Rocket, and uh, he did play. Uh, uh, what do we know about this guy? I know he's a good, uh, I guess, defense-first type defenseman, uh, maybe a bit more of a physical type player. It's funny that uh, Marty St. Louis trusted him before um, uh, J.F. Hool did, and, and, and yeah. no, it's because he... He um, there was an interesting issue where he missed his flight from Los Angeles to Montreal, and that let him be eligible to go to Vegas and play in that game when the Canadians were um, were short a defenseman, uh, needed somebody proximity. uh, uh, He was right there. So he got to play uh, for the Canadians. Uh, A a dream for him and a a nice story. He's only played one game, I believe, for uh, Laval. Um, as they have, uh, they have lots of defensemen down there. Um, so, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's sat out and, and been a healthy scratch, but uh, we'll see if he gets into more action and, uh, as, as uh, we get closer to the playoffs. The AHL trade deadline did pass this past Friday, and Laval did not make any uh, trades this week. In fact, the last trade they made was uh, the Nationar for Frederick Allard trade, and that came on NHL trade deadline day. That's right. Um, you know, a handful of tra- of AHL trades, um, and most of the the uh, uh, Ottawa Senators were involved in in a couple of those. Most w- with uh, exchanging a player for future considerations. Um, but uh, now the 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 roster or the lineups are set for uh, the the playoffs for all the AHL teams as well. 
this upcoming week, the Rocket have three games starting on March 11th. Laval is going to take a trip to Springfield. And then a couple days later on the 15th, they're going to play in Rochester before coming back home on March the 17th uh, when Utica is going to play here in Laval. That should be a nice, fun game and uh, plenty of uh, good Laval Rocket games coming up. For sure. Uh, taking a look at the CHL, the Habs have a few intriguing prospects uh, playing, and uh, we've been updating everyone on the Habs prospect scoring race in the CHL. And atop of that, of course, is Riley Kidney. Uh, Kidney just having a great time since being traded from Acadie Bathurst to the Cadenau Olympique. Uh, in 22 games, he is 2.41 points per game, uh, putting up 53 points in 22 games. Overall, between the two uh, teams, he's played 53 games, putting up 98 points. So crazy good season so far for Riley Kidney. Uh, he's well on his way to a second 100-point um, season in a row. Um, and uh, it's interesting. What he's, he's, uh, he had two assists um, uh, on Friday night uh, in the game Gatineau played against Shakutami. Um, and that was, uh, those two assists, uh, means that he's had a point in, uh, 21 straight games, a, a point in 21 straight games, which is incredible. Uh, and also it's helped, uh, Gatineau, uh, because they're on a 17 game winning streak. Uh, they won four, uh, three in overtime against Shakutami on Friday. Uh, incredible season, uh, for Riley Kidney. Um, and, and as I said, uh, should uh, easily finish with another 100-pointer uh, as he did last year. Yeah, just two points away, so that should be nice and easy. He might even get that in the next period that he plays <laughs> at this rate. Uh, just behind him in the scoring race, uh, Joshua Waugh, another uh, Montreal Canadiens prospect, off to a great uh, season. 43 games, he's got 80 points uh, and just behind him. Uh, Jared Davidson, a fifth-round pick who's also doing quite well in 54 games. He has 79 points. So interesting scoring race here, but uh, it seems like Riley Kidney's the one running away with it. And uh, Jared Davidson, who is injured for a bit, but um, is the leader as far as goal scorers, uh, 38 goals for him, tops amongst uh, Canadians' prospects in the C CHL. Uh, looking at the NCAA, there are a pair of Habs prospects that we've been keeping up to date with in uh, Sean Farrell and Elaine Hudson. Uh, Sean Farrell, good season for him, too, in 30 games. Uh, he's put up 49 points. Lane Hudson, the defenseman, uh, not too shabby for him. 33 games, 48, uh, 43 points. So both of them look great. Uh, I'm hoping that Sean Farrell maybe uh, makes a debut in the Montreal Canadiens organization at some point this season. That'd be awfully nice. Lane Hudson, um, he's the first defenseman in Hockey East history uh, to lead the conference in scoring uh, and the first freshman uh, to do so since Jack Eichel did the, did the same thing in 2014-15. In so that's, uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, and, of course, the NCAA... Uh, into the playoffs now. Um, you have a number of Canadians prospects uh, to watch. If 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 you're interested in Jaden Struble playing for North Northeastern Northeastern, they take on Providence uh, today in the Hockey East uh, playoffs. Um, yeah, BU. Um, you have Lane Hudson, who we we're just talking about taking on Vermont. Uh, Jakob Dobas with Ohio State uh, going up against Michigan. Um, lots of action, lots of Canadians uh, prospects in the NCAA uh, still involved. 
So be sure to read all the content at AHL.Report. Also listen to and subscribe to The Press Zone as episodes come out every Tuesday. Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, and sometimes Rick Stevens uh, host that. And they keep you up to date with everything Laval Rocket and Habs Prospects. Looking at hockey news from around the league, and we talked about Danny Briere a little bit earlier. Well, the Philadelphia Flyers have fired their general manager, Chuck Fletcher. Uh, he was their, both the general manager and the president of Hockey Ops. Um, Danny Briere will be filling in uh, on the interim. Flyers fans uh, were not very happy with the direction of the team. Uh, not a very good season for them. Uh, lots of questionable moves along the way, uh, but it seems like everyone's ready to embrace Danny Briere. Hopefully uh, a new voice in that organization uh, can set them off in the right direction. Yeah, Chuck Fletcher, um, beleaguered Chuck Fletcher was, um, you know, he had lost respect of of the the fans. He had lost respect of the media, um, and uh, they were expecting him to do more at uh, at the trade deadline. JVR didn't go, um, and actually, he did more than Kent Hughes. But that's that's another story. <laughs> Um, he met with fans, a season ticket holder promotion the, the day after um, the uh, trade deadline and was uh, just ripped. Um, it was it was pretty ugly. So this was this was forecast. This was coming. Um, but uh, and and it was announced. Uh, uh, Dave Scott um, announced uh, that uh, the that the two positions, the position that Chuck F- Fletcher had as president of hockey ops and and general manager would be split and they'd be looking for two people. And on the interim basis, Danny Briere, um, uh, is, uh, is the, the general manager, but would be a candidate for either uh, position. Uh, we're assuming, uh, this past week, uh, members of the Montreal media celebrated the fact that there were seven Quebec born players in the lineup on Thursday for the first time since December 21, 2008. Well, uh, that 2008 season, not a great Montreal season. Uh, if you're looking for reasons to celebrate while well, Montreal's near the bottom of the standings, I guess this is something to celebrate. I, you know, we, we don't mind the mention. We don't mind the, um, that, that uh, to, to celebrate this is one thing. To, to uh, kind of reference that, uh, yes, we need more of this. Yes, this is, this is what brought success in the past. Uh, is kind of odd because, as you say, that 2008-9 season, nothing to write home about. Um, the Canadians uh, ended with 93 points, eighth in the Eastern Conference. They were swept uh, by the Boston Bruins in four games in the playoffs. Uh, it was a tough season, um, and we think back, Sakukoiva was was captain. Uh, but there was the whole, the Montreal media themselves, for them, it's really ironic for them to reference the season when the, the Montreal uh, media were, uh, showed the worst sides of themselves. Uh, during the 2008-9 uh, season, uh, they made horrible, um, untrue accusations of Roman Hammerlick and the Kostitsin brothers about them being involved in in organized crime that turned out to be, and, and still, if you talk to some uh, Canadians fans today, they repeat that false rumor and it was not, there was nothing, there was no substance whatsoever uh, to that. Um, and, and really unfortunate. It was a season um, that going into the playoffs in March, Guy Carbono was fired. Um, it, it was, it was tough. And, and if you look at, 
the folks that were in the lineup, when they, they say seven um, uh, players from Quebec were in the lineup in 2008 and 9, um, Alex Tangay, now Alex Tangay was acquired um, for a first round pick, um, and that pick, as we know, would have been John Carlson. Uh, that that oh. didn't turn out so well. Um, Alex Tangay, Patrice Brisebois, Matthew Dandineau, Max Lapierre, uh, Guillaume Latendresse, Frankie Bouillon, and George Laroque. Um, I, I took a peek at uh, those four games in the playoffs where the Canadians were swept. Those seven players, if you total it up and do all the math and carry the... Well, that's they had one point in those seven players in the playoffs. One assist for Alex Tongay, nothing for Brisebois, Dandino, Lapierre, Latondras, Bouillon, and Larocque. So I say, uh, let's not let's let's when we're th- when for Canadians fans and for the media, let's celebrate ex- excellence, not just uh, participation. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. But looking at our real estate news, it looks like Mike Matheson's found a new home. Uh, what what happened here, Rick? Yeah, um, Mike Matheson, um, and uh, he, he's no longer the Point Clare um, Mike Matheson. He's now the <laughs> Westmount uh, Mike Matheson. Um, he bought a home in Westmount. It looks like a you know a, a modest home. Um, uh, a, a, a brick home. It has a mm-hmm. car and a half. Uh, garage on it um, and uh, fairly fairly modest uh, three bedrooms four bathrooms uh, for the tidy sum of 4.1 million dollars in West Mountain he's uh, he and his family will be moving in in July yeah West Mount's kind of a nice area I haven't uh, been there too much uh, the last time I was there it's uh, way back when I was working a window cleaning job and one thing I remember about Westmount is very nice brick, uh, kind of old-fashioned style houses, but also you needed the really tall ladder to get to those top windows, so not my favorite <laughs> place to go. Uh, and speaking of real estate, um, we we remember uh, just, uh, well, it was last April, almost a year ago, uh, when we lost Guy Lafleur. Uh, Guy Lafleur's house is up for sale. Um, it, was, um, it was first put up for sale... Uh, back in August, um, yeah, for 2.5 million, it didn't sell, um, and uh, is now uh, relisted for 1.695 million uh, in Il Bazard. And um, the house has three bedrooms, two bathrooms, uh, an uh, in-ground pool, and a helipad um, because oh. he his love of aviation. So. Um, that's our real estate update uh, this week (laughs) on the Canadians connection. Yeah. And, uh, well, on a completely other note, uh, well, Rick, one should ask the question, what goes into a nickname this past week, the Montreal Canadians, uh, wore, uh, up jerseys, uh, that featured their nicknames on the back. Uh, and, and while some of them uh, were the actual nicknames, some of them just seem, eh, I'm not too sure if I've ever heard this player being called that. Uh, if we want to look back at uh, our own history here, I remember growing up and uh, in Ottawa and my grade four teacher, uh, the former 67s and Sudbury Wolves goaltender, George Dorian, he had a hockey background, loved the Leafs. 
Uh, when he saw my last name, Spinella, for the entire year, he called me Spinny. So that's uh, very <laughs> nice. creative. Yeah, uh, we know how ho- uh, creative some hockey players can be with uh, their nicknames. Rick, uh, was there any nickname that uh, you grew up with? Was it like Stevie or something? In um, in my neighborhood, um, when we go out and play with the neighborhood kids, it was Homer. And uh, it was, when you go play baseball, I had a, a baseball glove and the brand wasn't a you know it wasn't a name brand it's it said homer um and you know that at that time you, you when you're up at bat you pass your glove off to to another guy and he uses it and so got around that um that my name was was homer because that's what it said on my glove and my my brother i feel bad for him he was homer's little brother um oh. <laughs> that was that was his name to the name the neighborhood uh when i got into middle school um a junior high um, I was thin. I was fast. I was called rocket. It had nothing to do with my, my, uh, skating ability. It was just simply, um, you know, when we we're playing baseball or, or football or whatever middle school, it was, it was rocket. And then when I was in high school and, and had a part-time job as a, as a cook in a Mr. Take restaurant, it was torch. Um, which I don't know that that was complimentary of my <laughs> cooking skills. So, those were the the not so creative uh, nicknames that uh, I had to live with growing up. A little bit more creative than uh, the ones I got, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was pretty cool to see uh, some of these nicknames come up on the back of these uh, Montreal Canadiens warm up warm up jerseys. Uh, you know, of course, uh, snake on the back of Jake Allen's. You know, Jake the Snake. Uh, I like that one quite a bit. On the back of Montembeau's jersey, you had snacks. Uh, I'm not sure I know the origin of that one, but I like it. I could be a snacks, personally, if you want to call me that. Uh, but, <laughs> Rick, what was your thoughts on all these nicknames? Well, listen, this was kind of, yeah, and 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 the, the sale of jerseys and, and going to a good cause, uh, the, one of the Canadians' charities, and, and all of that is, is great. It seemed that these uh, nicknames, or many of them, um, came from the marketing department because... Uh, a lot of these we don't recognize as as names that um, that the teammates call each other. All the teammates call Carey Price Pricer. Um, you know, uh, Yessa Ulanen, they call him Elo. They don't call him Jesse, as it as it says uh, on the list. Um, Nick Suzuki is Susie. He isn't Zooks. Uh, Cole Caulfield, Magic, really? Um, I'm not going to tell you what his nickname is. It was given to him by Shea Weber. If you go to the Spit and Chicklets podcast, you can find out what his, not on this family-friendly sh- show, will we talk about Cole Caulfield's nickname. Um, Eddie is is uh, Joel Edmondson. It's not Big Ed. Big Play Dave? For No hockey player is going to come up with Big Play Dave. <laughs> Um, that's kind of silly. Um, and uh, you know, that I guess the one that, that is most, uh, talked about is Arbor Jack. being called Wi-Fi and, uh, that was tossed out. I, I mean, it's, it, the story has been told and retold and told again that, uh, that uh, Chris Weidman came up with the nickname Wi-Fi. The Canadians players don't call Arbor Jack Wi-Fi. They don't. Uh, that was something that Chris Weidman threw out in the dressing room. Everybody had a good laugh, and that was the last they heard. The players used it, and then it's been passed around the media. Um, and Arbor Jacke has has said that over and over again uh, that it's cute, but but nobody uses it. So this was fun. 
um, and a nice way to sell jerseys and and uh, raise some money. Uh, and I think it was infinitely better than when the Canadians decided to put uh, Twitter names the with the at symbol uh, a couple of years ago on the back of, of some warm-up jerseys. So um, quite fun. Uh, lots of fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, even the marketing made up nicknames scrolling through, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, they could have been a little bit more creative with the uh, Yelonen. It's almost like, you know, your name Rick Stevens. Uh, it's almost like saying your nickname is just Rick. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I felt like they could have come up with something better. Can't imagine anyone uh, playing hockey and then uh, yelling, hey, Big Ed, uh, pass me the puck. <laughs> uh, no, uh, uh, there was some uh, maybe a little bit hit, hit and miss on that. But uh, nevertheless, I, I liked it. I thought it was a nice uh, creative move by uh, the Montreal Canadiens. For sure. But uh, before we head into break here, I believe today is the anniversary of the closing of the Montreal Forum. Uh, the Forum right now uh, still a pretty nice uh, building, but it is the home to a VIP movie theater. That's right. Uh, 27 years ago today, um, uh, um, March 11th, um, 1996, uh, that the Montreal Forum closed its its doors for the, the very last time. Uh, it was home to the Montreal Canadiens for uh, 72 years um, and, uh, uh, and, and home to, to uh, all the Stanley Cups. Um, and in a, it was a, uh, I, I know that many of our listeners uh, were either in the Montreal Forum um, that night um, and, or, or watched it on TV, and it, it was very moving. Um, the game, the Canadians won uh, Montreal over Dallas four to one. That wasn't that wasn't what happened. It was after the game where they had the the stirring ceremony and the Montreal Forum. Just uh, as soon as you saw those uh, those es- the picture of the escalators and the crossed hockey sticks, um, you know it was incredible. Um, they brought back Roger Desset to do the anthem for this night after the game. Oh, and the puck drop. Uh, the puck drop. Rocket Richard, Jean Beliveau, Guy Lafleur, like unbelievable, uh, unbelievable. Um, and then after um, the game was over, and they had the official closing ceremonies, and they had the line of captains that passed the torch, a line of Montreal Canadiens captains, and started by Butch Emile uh, Bouchard, um, brought the the torch out, passed it to to the Rocket. Then to Jean Beliveau, then to Henri Richard, Yvonne Cornoyer, Serge Savard, Bob Gainey, Guy Carboneau, and then the current captain out of the time, uh, Pierre Turgeon, who who called uh, the entire team off the bench. They all got together and did a lap around uh, the the ice surface. Um, incredible, and and um, Dick Irvin, who we talked about last week, Dirk, Dick Irvin Jr was one of the masters of ceremonies in the closing ceremony. Um, as they were ringing around the ice and leaving, they played old Lang Syne and, and uh, uh, flashed up on the, on the, the, the center ice, uh, over center ice, forever proud, um, and always aim higher. Um, that, uh, that was the message from ownership at the time, always aim higher. And it's something I think uh, that the current ownership should... Uh, should take note of as well. It, a, a stirring moment 27 years ago today, and and uh, and I'm sure it'll bring back lots of memories for uh, many of our listeners. 
So coming up, uh, we'll hear a message from our sponsors, DraftKings, and then we'll get to our big topic segment. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Whether you're a fan of the Sixers, the Raptors, the Cavs, the Lakers, the Celtics, whatever your team is, you know, just line up a same-game parlay and see what happens. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure you give him a follow at All Habs on Twitter. Also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder here to hit that subscribe button on the Canadians Connection podcast in the player on your favorite podcasting app. That way you never miss a single episode. Now, as we discussed, we're just one month away from the end of this season. Uh, While the end of the regular season, uh, Montreal Canadiens are not likely making the postseason here. So we're going to have an early offseason. Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes have a lot of extra time here to evaluate their players, and uh, they have quite a few important decisions to make uh, leading up to this offseason. Another important draft, you have some RFAs, you have some UFAs, you you have an opportunity here to reshape this Montreal Canadiens team a little bit, take another step forward in the rebuild. But uh, there are lots of priorities here and uh, we came up with a little to-do list Uh, there could be some other things that uh, you think that they could be doing but uh, here are what we thought uh, the big priorities are and uh, Rick we'll start things off here with the the Cole Caulfield contract Uh, he's uh, obviously had a season-ending shoulder surgery so he's not been back but uh, he's been look he's looked pretty good when he's been healthy and not playing uh, for Dominic Ducharme uh, certainly a, a young star in the making here and there are a couple of op- options they could go with the, his new contract coming up. And it could be an eight-year deal or a bridge deal. Rick, I'll, uh, I'll get you to kick things off here. Yeah, I think that um, you know, Canadians fans think with their heart. And, and certainly Cole Caulfield was on his way to um, a superb season. And, and was it going to be a 40-goal season? Was it going to be a 45-goal season? I think uh, he's still at the point where he leads, even though he's been out a while, he leads mm-hmm. the Canadians in, in goals at 26. Um, but, 
you know, when you're negotiating a contract, you don't think with uh, your heart. Um, and, and that's a good thing, uh, either from the, the player agent's side or from the, the general manager's side. And, um, you know, are the Canadians confident um, and, and they would have access to, to the medical reports that, um, that Cole Caulfield is going to come back? I mean, your shoulder is pretty important when you're a shooter yeah. like him. Uh, are they confident that he's going to be uh, the same player, the uh, you know, a better player maybe um, uh, than he was when he when he left? Or are they going to want uh, some sort of of uh, prove me kind of contract uh, from the player agent side? From the player side, uh, is the uh, Cole Caulfield camp going to want to uh, say I'm a forty uh, goal uh, player? I'm a 45 goal player rather than a 26 goal player um so so i think um you know there was there was all kinds of speculation um that uh, during the season when cole caulfield was playing when he was scoring uh when he was successful um that it was it was slam dunk that it was going to be a, a contract very similar a long-term contract very similar to uh, what Nick Suzuki received in that ballpark. Um, I, I, I think there's more. Um, it, it's not so, so sure now that uh, both parties are leaning in that direction. Yeah, for sure. I, I think a lot of this does end up being in Caulfield's hands, how long this term is on the contract. Um, obviously, like I said, his rookie season uh, was uh, not so great under Ducharme getting sent down to the AHL. But when he got called back up and played under Martin St. Louis, it was great to start this season. Great. Uh, just scoring nonstop. I was convinced that he could have even gotten up to 50 goals potentially, but obviously that didn't happen. The season was cut short. And that's I feel like they're in a very different situation now. Had Caulfield stayed healthy, I think uh, on the Montreal Canadiens side, no brainer. You're pushing for an eight year deal. Uh, now that uh, you have this injury, uh, it certainly opens things up quite a bit. Uh, looking the, at this purely from Caulfield's perspective, uh, I don't think you've had an opportunity to show everything that you want to show. And maybe you're leaning more towards a shorter deal and uh, just to kind of show what you can do and then be able to cash out a little bit later. Or maybe you just look at the situation and think, okay, maybe Montreal is going, was willing to hand out a, a decent amount of money. Now I can take that insurance on an eight year deal, given uh, that I've had an injury here is it's good to have the, the insurance and uh, I'll just take that. A lot of that's just going to lie into Caulfield's hands right now. Um, in terms of money, uh, I, I guess some comparables I came up with, uh, you look, uh, Minnesota, what they did with Matt Baldy buying early on him, seven times seven, uh, Ottawa bought early on, uh, Tim Stutzla going eight times 8.35. Um, young players have shown, uh, recently, uh, that, uh, they are willing to buy those long-term contracts early on, but there's also, uh, you look at what Toronto had to do with all of their RFAs having to give them all bridge deals. Uh, William Nylander uh, going $45 million over six years. Maybe that's something that's more comparable. But uh, this is definitely something that uh, we're all anxious about, and uh, I'm curious to see how it all plays out. And just one of the, the many things, you know, folks think that, uh, okay, now the that the trade deadline's over, um, not much to do, but th there's a lot for the, the hockey ops, particularly 
um, in, in Hughes and Gorton to do. For sure. Uh, the other thing, and this is quite important, uh, maybe people aren't paying as close attention as they did last year, but uh, the NHL interdraft is coming up and Montreal is going to have a couple of pretty good picks. Uh, potentially, they could have two in the top 10. I don't know if that's actually going to work out, but at least one of those is probably going to be in the top 10, potentially in the top five. You can't rule out uh, the idea of them having another first overall pick, depending on how the rest of the season goes and how the lottery is. Uh, over uh, this season, it looks like uh, several players have moved around in that top 10. Obviously, number one, I, I think Connor Bedard's pretty well a lock. Everyone has fallen in love with what this kid can do. Uh, he's already getting those Connor McDavid comparables. But uh, just behind him, uh, and Adam Fantilli's another guy that's had a lot of hype. But it seems like Mitchkov has had a stock that's been rising quite a bit. It'll be very interesting uh, from my perspective to see what happens with the Mitchkov. And depending on where the Montreal Canadiens land, they certainly want to be very familiar with every player within that top 10. For sure. Um, and and the Canadians right now sit at, um, if, if the draft were held today, uh, with the sixth overall pick, if if the draft lottery uh, you know goes as... Um, according to the to the odds, the Canadians have a, a 7.5% chance of picking first overall. Not very good, and and they're not going to be helped by that uh, Florida pick uh, getting uh, better odds because uh, uh, Florida's in um, 14th right now overall. Uh, it, it's possible, and we had talked about the the strength of the schedule. The Canadians uh, for a while now they've they've played. Um, played through uh, some difficult parts of the schedule. So remaining, they are the have the uh, third most difficult schedule uh, remaining um, in the league. Um, and could they uh, drop into that fifth spot? Uh, Arizona has a relatively, or, or respectively, a much easier schedule. Could Arizona um, pick up some points and and Montreal drop into that that fifth spot? That's that's absolutely uh, possible. Um, and, and I think that, um, one of the, you know, as you said, Connor, Connor Bedard, um, uh, why wouldn't people fall in love with him? He's been, he's been incredible. Um, Corey Pronman raised, raised some eyebrows and certainly of, um, our colleague, uh, Rocket Sports colleague, Gustav, um, who said, uh, well, if the Canadians are able to pick fifth, uh, Corey Pronman in the athletic is, has, uh, jumped up. Nate Danielson uh, to that fifth uh, rank overall, um, and uh, and and there's a name that uh, that maybe fans and listeners haven't uh, heard much of. Uh, Nate Danielson um, ranked in the teens or thereabouts by most of the ranking agencies. McKean's, I think, uh, has him at at eight, and and uh, as I said, Corey Pronman at five. He's the captain of the the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, Thirty one goals, forty three assists, seventy four points in sixty one games. He's what impresses me when you look at him is just um, I, I think he's underrated if you're rating him in the teens, uh, but just an incredibly powerful skater, high compete level. Um, someone, and again, we're not promoting anyone here and, and we're going to be talking about all, all kinds of prospects that the Canadians, uh, might be interested in. 
Um, but if you're talking about ones that are flying under the radar and stock on the rise, uh, we might throw Nate Danielson into, uh, into that list. Yeah, I think earlier in the season, we may have paid a little bit more attention to a guy like a Benson. Mm-hmm. But uh, as you pointed out uh, just before we were recording, too, that he's awfully similar to uh, some players that Montreal currently has. And I think at this point, Montreal can be a little bit more looking to fill in certain gaps as opposed to just going for who they think is going to be ranked in that specific area, right? I, I think so. And 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 listen, um, uh, uh, Kent Hughes has said that um, he's not going to use all the picks that he has uh, necessarily to, to pick players that he's going to... Um, if they see an opportunity, he's going to use picks, he's going to use players, he's going to use uh, prospects to uh, improve their, their position. Um, so we saw in the NFL, uh, um, there was a, a, a trade between Carolina and the Bears uh, and uh, with the first uh, pick uh, overall traded. Will we see that in, in the NHL? Not a chance with Connor Bedard up there. Uh, will the Canadians be able to move up at all? Um, maybe we'll see. Um, it's about a GM being, being creative, um, and, and, and identifying, uh, their needs, uh, going after, uh, the best player that they can add to their prospect pool. Yeah. And that Florida pick likely being in the teens, uh, this would not be the first time that, uh, Ken Hughes has traded away uh, a pick in the early teens. That's right. Uh, last season while well, he had, he had to acquire that in order to trade it away for a Kirby doc. But, uh, yeah, I'd be ke- keeping an eye on that Florida pick. If that's outside of the top 10, I would not see a reason why that would not be in play to try and bring somebody in for sure. And of course, uh, leading up uh, to July, uh, there are a few UFAs and a few RFAs to consider uh, listing out a couple notable UFAs on the Montreal Canadiens that could uh, walk away at the end of the season. Tierney, Druin, Belzeal, um, Monaghan, Byron. I think it's fair to say that uh, we can walk away from pretty much all of it. I would like to see them walk away from all of these guys personally. Uh, cap space is uh, not something that Montreal has a surplus of. So uh, getting these contracts off the books certainly frees that up a bit. Uh, I think it's best to leave that alone. And I don't imagine that Montreal would be a very active uh, team uh, looking for a high-end UFAs uh, this offseason either. Probably just looking to revamp uh, some of their depth, uh, some of their uh, Laval players. Well, one of the things that Kent Hughes has said is um, he needs to, to give himself some cap flexibility um, and he wasn't able to do that um, at the trade deadline. He wasn't able to move some contracts. So, uh, yes, he's going to be uh, looking. And and I agree with you. There's there's out of out of the list of unrestricted free agents. There's there's nobody there that uh, um, is compelling to bring back. And um, you know, there's there's some uh, cap space to be recovered uh, by letting them go. For sure. And uh, a couple notable RFAs, uh, we talked about Caulfield. I think that's uh, that's going to be the most intriguing one. But uh, there are a few other guys. Uh, you have uh, a Michael Pizzetta, a fan favorite, uh, definitely more of a depth guy. Uh, you have a Yessa Ulanen who's got a contract that uh, needs to be renewed. That's going to be an interesting one to see. Uh, Gurionov, that's, that's very intriguing. Uh, 
Outside of Caulfield, I, I think Uryanov is going to be the most interesting player to keep an eye on this offseason. Um, I believe if they want to qualify him, it's going to have to be about three mil. Is Guryanov worth that? Um, has Guryanov done enough to secure a spot uh, in the Habs lineup for next season? Um, is is he going to be worth the money at that point? I know that Montreal went to their, their I guess their biggest move this uh, trade deadline was Evgeny Dadanov uh, for Denis Guryanov. Uh, Guryanov scored in his first game. He's had moments where he's looked good, but uh, I think that... Uh, I, I'm a little bit underwhelmed by some of his performances. So, Rick, uh, what, what do you think about these RFAs, in particular, uh, Denis Gurionov? Yeah, as far as the others, um, I think Ulanen's going to be signed. Harvey Pennard, the two of them uh, have been yeah. have been great uh, with the extra opportunities um, that they've been given. Um, and, uh, you know, that there's... Um, well, I, I, I don't know about uh, Michael Pozzetta, kind of uh, 50-50 on that one. Um, but as far as Gurionov, um, yeah, he's played six games with the Canadians. He had a, a goal and an assist. Um, you know, when he when he came over and, and uh, fans saw his speed, saw his shot, they're like, wow. Uh, and then he's he's faded and and um, you know dropped uh, from the first line to the third line, m- most appropriately. Um, he's he was um, a, a a bottom six uh, player, mostly fourth line, uh, with Dallas and and a healthy scratch on on many occasions. We saw um, in that Vegas game he completely undressed uh, by Eichel. Uh, he we we know that that he's uh, a defensive liability. Um, and, and, um, yeah, I think he, he comes exactly as build, uh, that, uh, that, that the hockey IQ isn't, uh, isn't very strong. Uh, his defensive play isn't strong. He's a great skater, lots of speed, uh, and has a great shot. Um, do you bring him back for 3 million? He's not a $3 million player, anywhere near a $3 million player, uh, let's hope that that Hughes is not the same kind of of GM as as Bergevin was, who who would l- let his ego get in the way. And if he had he had staked his reputation bringing in a player like that, uh, he would uh, hang on to him for far too long. And and um, you know you either you either don't qualify him and let him go, or you you uh, don't qualify him and you sign him uh, much more cheaply as an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, and that was a point I was going to bring up too. You don't necessarily have to qualify him at that price. There's nothing getting in the way of you not qualifying him and then signing him for cheaper later. And I don't imagine that Denny, Dennis Gurionov is a guy that's going to draw a ton of interest uh, in uh, free agency either. So if you already have that relationship with him and you just take him aside and say, you know what? let's bring you back, but cheaper. And there's an opportunity that you could revive your career a little bit next season. Uh, I don't see a reason why Gurionov wouldn't be interested in that either. Uh, Looking at maybe some more under the radar type tasks that uh, Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon could do. And some of these they can honestly do before the end of the season. There could be some players added to the lineup in Laval or Montreal before the end of the season. Maybe for some of them, it's a little bit far-fetched, but uh, looking at uh, some of your prospects in the CHL and NCAA, uh, 
In the CHL, you have a few players having great seasons. Uh, Kidney, uh, Joshua Waugh, Logan Mayu. Um, there's certainly some potential there. I think that these guys could draw into a lineup. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be the Montreal Canadiens lineup, but uh, they could be uh, sent to, to Laval as reinfor- reinforcements if they make the playoffs. Uh, looking at the NCAA, uh, Sean Farrell, he's somebody that uh, could be due for a contract coming up, and uh, the other guy would be Lane Hudson. I, I don't think that we're going to see Lane Hudson come over to the Montreal organization right away, but uh, he certainly looked very good in the NCAA. You know, what last season we saw that uh, that Hughes brought over uh, a couple of players. Kidney and Waugh joined uh, Laval at the end of the season, He's talked about uh, wanting to um, add uh, Sean Farrell and letting him uh, play a couple of games uh, in a Montreal uniform at the end of the season. Um, uh, certainly possible. Um, but there's also the, the issue of free agency, um, that, that there are undrafted players in the NCAA who are eligible to be signed as free agents. And and this is something that the Canadians have made use of uh, in the past. We remember Dan Carr um, uh, signed as as a free agent. Charlie Lindgren was signed as a as a free agent. Um, and um, dare we say that that the Canadians may have their eye on uh, a couple of NCAA, um, uh, maybe a trio of of uh, NCAA uh, goaltenders uh, who could be signed um, as free agents. Uh, once their season comes to the, to an end. Yeah, and one of those I think they could be very f- familiar with because he plays on the same team as another one of their goalie prospects in Jakob Dobis, and that player is uh, Ludwig Persson. He plays uh, for uh, U of Ohio, and uh, you know what? He's not... He had a pretty good start to the season. He's dipped off a little bit, but I think there's still some potential there. Um, maybe to start, he's a guy that uh, can go into the AHL and help solidify your goaltending at that level. Uh, we know that uh, Laval Rocket have had a ton of injuries in goal in Laval, so I think that there's certainly some potential for uh, Ludwig Person to be uh, signed as a college UFA. A uh, couple other uh, ones uh, to point out here first, uh, Victor Osmond uh, from the University of Maine. And uh, I think one of your favorites in uh, Yeniv Peretz uh, from the Quinnipiac University. Uh, so I'll gra- grab your thoughts on these three guys. Um, yeah, just on the last two, uh, Victor Osmond, um, he he is a, a goaltender who, who um, has played for the University of Maine um, the last three seasons. University of Maine, not uh, a great team. Um, although uh, Victor Osman had a terrific season, 14, 12, and 4, uh, 918 save percentage, 221 um, goals against, um, 6 4, 205. Uh, he's, he's from Sweden. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's interesting that, that he's had a very good season. Um, he fits that mold that, that the Canadians like, the size that they like. Um, and he's not played on, on a good team um, that, uh, with all due respect to Maine, uh, they've not been, you know, in the top 20 um, in the college um, hockey poll all, all season. Um, and yet uh, Osman has had a, had a very good season, undrafted, 22 years old, and, and maybe someone well, I, I think he's going to be a goaltender that somebody signs. Uh, is he going to be a goaltender that the Canadians sign? Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, Maine's season is over. They lost to 
uh, Vermont in the um, in the opening round uh, of the playoffs. So he's available to to be signed uh, any time. Um, uh, the other uh, gentleman that's that's very interesting is Janine Peretz now. Um, he's from DDO, and uh, and so he has the uh, the Quebec goaltender um, thing going for him. He's 23 years old. Uh, the only thing uh, going against him is uh, the Canadians um, when they draft goaltenders they have a they have a size rule, and uh, he's <laughs> he's under that uh, at six one one eighty one. Um, but he's had an excellent season. Uh, for Quinnipiac, uh, 29-3-3, three three, uh, 1.51 goals against, 927 uh, on the save percentage. And uh, now he is a, he's a, a, a very good goaltender on an excellent team. Um, so I noticed as going through his stats, uh, oftentimes he's facing under 20 shots a game. So um, take that for what, it, what it's worth. Uh, whether th- whether that enters into um, your evaluation of a Yaniv Peretz. Um, the other thing uh, that uh, uh, we can say about him is being a Montreal goaltender, um, he gives the right answers when asked about his favorite team and, uh, and favorite goaltender. Favorite team, favorite goalie? Uh, I'm from Montreal, so I'd have to go to the Canadians. And uh, I love Carey Price. I've always watched him since... Uh Ever since he played for the Habs, I've always liked him. So, trying to copy my style with a little bit of him, kind of watch the way he plays. But uh, yeah, that's basically it. So, could that could either of those be of interest to the Montreal Canadiens? Who, um, yeah, as as we've said, um, have some issues. Uh, they they have uh, Jakob Dobas in in Ohio, who's been who's been very good. Uh, but certainly, um, y- you want to. Want to increase the number of arrows in the quiver just just in case because it takes a while for goalies to develop develop and and right now uh, the Canadians are proving that uh, uh, there's not there's not many um, and uh, just an update uh, on our Philip Derogier story uh, he will be starting uh, for Laval um, and give Caden uh, 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 Primos uh, the day off uh, he'll be starting against his former team Springfield today. Oh wow, uh, that surprises me that they're giving uh, DeRoche that opportunity. Uh, but back to Perez for a minute. That quote, uh, I love it. I think that would be a very good uh, story. I think the media would uh, certainly embrace him if he uh, came over uh, and got signed uh, to uh, an entry level contract. But uh, we'll see how uh, Montreal uh, evaluates and if they do end up having any interest in uh, an NCAA free agent goaltender. And uh, I think another thing that we're expecting is a, a full evaluation and overhaul of the medical staff and services. Um, Montreal, well, at least they promised that uh, they would be putting a lot more money into their medical staffs and certainly doing some things to try and prevent injuries. But uh, Montreal still injury plagued this season. Uh, what are your expectations uh, for this one, Rick? This has to happen. It, it has to. If it hasn't happened it has to happen um you know the, the canadians need a a full um investigation and evaluation um of their their entire uh, system um yes you can say that uh you can write it off to bad luck 
that they have uh, so many injuries. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's two seasons in a row. This season, over well over 400 man games lost. Um, and, and some really peculiar things. Uh, what, what bothered me is, um, you know, Kirby Doc, that virus became a lower body injury. Uh, the fact that they can't accurately or come anywhere near uh, forecasting when a player will come back. Uh, we have situations where players have been injured uh, while, uh, while rehabbing injuries uh, in Monaghan and Weidman. Um, it's, 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 things are not good there. And, and, um, listen, I would, I would top to bottom, I would, um, I would stress that this has to be a, a holistic approach, a holistic evaluation, evaluating the, the doctors, the medical staff, the athletic therapy people, the sports science folks, the strength and conditioning um, and, and as I said, all of the, all of the medical staff and even go b- beyond, uh, is there something, um, is there something with the ice? Is there something with the boards? Um, is there something with the, the weight room? Um, this is a, a serious issue, uh, for the Montreal Canadians. Um, we know, uh, sadly we know, um, and I'm not going to identify the coaches, uh, but in the past 10 years or so that the Canadians have, uh, the, the, the word is out that the culture of the Montreal Canadiens organization is that the coaching staff plays players who are hurt. Um, that's got to be fixed. Uh, and, and, and so the coaching staff have to come out and speak, um, speak about this as well. Um, I, I think that this is a, a real issue. Uh, I'm disappointed. Um, this is something that squ- falls squarely in the lap of Jeff Molson. Yes, uh, he's put uh, Hughes and Gorton, um, you know, in, in charge. But but we remember that Jeff Molson refused to give up that president of hockey ops title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Gordon is the is is the executive vice president. He refused to. Uh, so this is this is something he has to. Uh, take ownership for, and he has to take ownership for it because, you know, when he sat with the the media um, after Mark Bergevin was was um, fired and talked about uh, his um, uh, critical part, his high level vision of the changes that had to be made, he made mention of this, and and we're gonna re- just. Uh, so we remind everybody, November 29th, 20, uh, 2021, this is what Jeff Molson said uh, when he met with the media. In terms of diversity in the support system for our hockey operations, we've begun the process of having more diversity in our hockey operations management. This is a priority, and once we're ready to communicate this, we will reconvene. Under the leadership of Drs. Mulder, Deckelbaum, and Harvey, We've begun the process of formalizing a medical performance team. The focus will be on our players off the ice. Included in this plan, we'll be adding resources for players and staff throughout the organization in all areas related to athlete wellness and mental health. We see these additions as a critical component to our success. Um, we played the whole quote there because at the time I thought those were two separate issues, the diversity and, and the, the medical performance team. Um, and, and so went and asked the question and we're told that they went hand in glove. Uh, so we played the full quote there of, of Jeff Molson. I don't quite understand 
why you'd combine the two, but but he did. Um, he talked about uh, a medical performance team, uh, Dr. Mulder. Um, David Mulder has been the Canadian's physician forever. Uh, assistant to him is Dan Deckelbaum and uh, Ed Harvey um, is uh, the chief surgeon. Um, and and that they would come up with a plan. Now, he spoke there uh, mostly about mental health, um, about athlete wellness, and about off-ice uh, issues. Well, we want them to focus on on-ice issues as well. We want yeah. them to, you know, that seems to be a bit of a problem. And uh, this is something that's critical, absolutely critical for the Montreal Canadiens to get a, a handle on. Um, and uh, I, I, I really, I have trust in, in Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes that uh, they're going to take action on this and, and we're going to see uh, that whole department uh, being overhauled. Yeah, and it's certainly curious. Uh, I know it's not fair to say that, you know, there are for sure certain things going on behind the scenes that aren't right. We don't know. Obviously, we haven't been there. But there are certain things that are very curious. You know, you look at the Cole Caulfield situation uh, with his uh, season-ending uh, shoulder injury. He was apparently injured in December, and it wasn't until much later that they called off his season. He still played somewhat injured, uh, kind of along the lines what you were mentioning, that certain players still end up playing well injured. And especially in a season like this, where I, I don't think playoffs should have ever been the goal of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, not that that should weigh into that decision too much, but it's definitely a curious situation. Uh, you have a number of young players that are, are getting injured, like uh, Jacki as well. That's another shoulder injury. So there, there has to be something done here. And I agree. You have to evaluate everything that you have. And I don't know if it's necessarily just putting more money into it or if it's a personnel issue. But, yeah, something about Montreal needs to change here. And having so many injuries, it's just not a good look for this organization. I agree completely. Yeah. So that being said, Rick, is there anything else that you would like to add before you head off into the break here? Well, we, we want to hear from you, as always, um, to reach out to us on social media, to send us a text. What are your feelings? What are the, the top priorities uh, for the uh, Hockey Ops staff um, in, in the next few weeks? We know that they'll be preparing for the draft. We know that they have travel plans uh, to do some scouting. We know that um, they're working on the Cole Caulfield um uh, contract and and some of the other things that that we've added in there. Um, what are the things that you'd like them to be working on uh, over the next couple months in in the lead up to the draft? So now it's time to take our final break here uh, on the podcast. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. 
Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 234 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Please make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. And feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. It's 5853-ROCKET. That's 5853-ROCKET. And man, this Montreal Canadiens season, it's been uh, it's hard enough to follow on its own and there's plenty more coming up, isn't it, Rick? Absolutely. Uh it's it's going to get exciting, I think. Even as the 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 games wind down, uh the off-ice uh, action is going to be fascinating for Canadiens fans and and I think we'll bring them hope. Yeah, and uh for those struggling to keep up and for those who are just have fans in general, we got you covered here at Rocket Sports. Uh, head over to our website, allhabs.net, to find everything that you need to know. Also, I would like to point out that we have uh, plenty of content on other platforms. If you want to head over to YouTube, just search at allhabs, and you can find the Habs Hockey Report that comes out every Thursday, hosted by Amy Johnson. Uh, this past week, uh, she takes a look at a potential Cole Caulfield contract. Uh, so make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave a like if you like what you saw, and also leave a comment. Amy is going to engage with all the comments. Sometimes she even reads it live on air. Uh, she uh, she responds to any comment that you leave behind. So make sure you check that out. I can guarantee that you'll love everything that you see on our YouTube channel. Just search at All Habs on YouTube. I love the uh, the title of of her latest. The next big Habs contract could look like this, um, and that's uh, that got me intrigued, and I'm sure yeah. <laughs> uh, our listeners as well. Yeah, and definitely a great watch. Also, make sure that you subscribe to all the Rocket Sports Radio podcasts on your favorite podcast app. Every Tuesday, if you like prospects, if you like the Laval Rocket, uh, the AHL, if you want a little update on everything happening there, make sure you subscribe to The Press Zone, and you can also find it at thepresszone.fm. If you have any episodes that you want to catch up on, uh, Amy Johnson hosts that. Uh, you have our AHL guru, Patrick Williams, who gets uh, involved with that as well. And sometimes you get some Rick Stevens in there. So like I said, prospects, Laval Rocket, uh, Montreal Canadiens, every Tuesday, check out The Press Zone. Plus, 
this podcast, Canadians Connection. We come out every single Saturday throughout the year. You can find us at CanadiansConnection.fm or on your favorite podcast app. Hit that subscribe button uh, hosted by me and Rick Stevens every single Saturday, uh, even throughout the summer when, uh, you know, your TSNs and some of your other favorite podcasts uh, stop talking about hockey. We continue it. There's always something to talk about with the Montreal Canadiens, and we keep you up to date on anything and everything. So hit that subscribe button. Tune in every single Saturday. We'll be here. So our Canadians connection question of the week is, would you qualify Dennis Gurionov at approximately 3 million based on his play in Montreal so far? We want to hear from you. Uh, we have this Canadians connection uh, question of the week every single week. Uh, and this one's an interesting one. This is a difficult one. We talked about it a little bit in segment two there, but uh, we want to hear from you. And uh, Rick, what's the best way for people to let us know their thoughts on this topic? 5853ROCKET, 5853ROCKET, uh, or reach out to us on social media. Uh, the Habs Connection, um, Habs Connection on Twitter, Habs Connection on Facebook. Um, we're glad to, to engage with you there and, uh, and, and listen to your, uh, what, what you have to say about these important issues. Um, I think that, uh, that, that one of the um, other ways, we, we get emails from time to time, and, and, um, I, I was, and, and we're always happy to, to, to uh, hear from the folks who take the time to write to us uh, by email. It was fascinating to me uh, this week. Love our listeners, uh, and and many of of them have been with us uh, for a very long time. Uh, you know, it goes back to uh, 2010 when we made the first steps into podcasting, and and certainly uh, the Canadians Connection and its predecessor. Uh, Habs 360 uh, are the longest running weekly podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. Um, it's it's something that that we're very proud of. Um, you know, we had uh, 250 uh, episodes of Habs 360, um, and uh, you know we're approaching uh, almost uh, that number again uh, with the Canadiens Connection uh, continuing through the summer. Continuing over the years, we've got another 300 episodes of the Press Zone you mentioned. So Rocket Sports, 800 uh, podcasts, um, and and uh, with, with those uh, flagship podcasts, and we've we've also engaged in others. and And the the emails that we received this week um, came came at the same topic from two di- two kind of different ways. And one was, um, one was, can be summarized by, why are you guys so different? <laughs> why aren't you putting out there the, the same uh, kind of uh, uh, topics, the, the, the same kind of perspective uh, that everybody else is? And the other email was, you guys are so different. It's refreshing. Thank you uh, for being a, 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 a different voice out there. And I think it's because, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, of fan podcasts and, and folks come and put together, you know, they have their phone and they, they put together a podcast and, and that's fine. Um, that has its place in the market. Um, you know, uh, I, I read recently that the average duration of, of a podcast is eight episodes. Well, we have a hundred times that many in, <laughs> in 800. Um, and, and I think it's a credit to the team that we put together Um these are, it's different, uh, credential journalists. These are, these are folks, 
Um, and and I thank you, um, Michael. I thank Amy. I thank Chris. I like previous host. Uh, I thank the previous uh, hosts, uh, Joe. Um, these are 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 folks who are trying to be honest and objective, um, and not being a cheerleader and and not not jumping into that that Montreal bubble, that group think and saying the same thing and worrying about clicks and, and uh, that sort of thing. We're, we're trying to be informed and we are informed by really smart uh, hockey folks. Uh, we make great connections in the hockey community, scouts and, and coaches and players and, and assistant GMs. And, and we've kind of remained proudly independent and we, we put out the best sources of information that we have. Is it different than, than something you'll hear elsewhere? Yeah, you're, you're darn right it is. Uh, but, but we're pretty proud of that. And, um, you know, it, it means that we can have integrity in what we talk about. And, and we heard, you know, during the Dominic Ducharme years, we heard from other sort of the Montreal uh, uh, groupthink folks, what an excellent communicator he was, how, how fantastic he was with young people with young players. And, and as soon as he left, they were on the opposite side of that. We've never had to, to do that. Um, it's, it's just something that, and, and listen, uh, I'm, I'm not criticizing the mainstream folks. I, I know them all very well. I chat with some of them regularly. I've trained uh, some of those folks. It's just the pressure that they're in, um, especially those who are rights holders, uh, their message is, is scripted. Uh, it's a single approved narrative. It's aggressively enforced by, by the, the hockey organization. Uh, and they're, they're put in a box. They aren't allowed necessarily to say what uh, they know to be true. Uh, we're able to do that. So uh, all that to say is thank you. Thank you for um, the following us and, and being with us. And, and for those that have, have found us recently, we're happy to have you on board as well. Yes, we do things differently, and we're exceptionally proud of it. Yeah, I like that. And uh, thank uh, you, Rick, for uh, building up this platform. And a big thanks to everyone involved in Rocket Sports. Uh, Certainly a blast uh, hearing everyone's opinions. Uh, I don't... uh, have a problem listening to different opinions. If you don't agree with everything that we say, that's totally cool. Uh, we're here to share our thoughts and uh, we put a lot of, uh, a lot of time and effort to come up with these and try to be objective. So well said by you, Rick, and uh, appreciate the emails from uh, all of our listeners. For sure. So uh, this uh, coming week, we have four Montreal Canadiens games to look forward to. And uh, our contributor, Cole Uzenic, uh chimed in to give his predictions for all the games coming up, uh, who he thinks they're going to win, and what the score is. So we'll start things off Saturday, March the 11th. The New Jersey Devils come to Montreal, and Cole is predicting a 5-2 to two Devils win, uh-uh. despite the fact that uh, Montreal uh, beat the Devils pretty handily the last time they met up. So feel free to agree or disagree with that thought. Uh, on the 13th, uh, Colorado, uh, the defending Stanley Cup champions, coming to Montreal. And Cole, once again, predicting a 4-1 to avalanche win. Ugh. Fans might uh, not be happy with uh, Cole's predictions so far. Uh, a couple days later, on the 14th, uh, Montreal travels into Pittsburgh. Cole is predicting a 6-3 to Penguins win, so very high scoring so far. And uh, two days later, uh, on the 16th, uh, Montreal and Florida... Cole is predicting a Canadians win three to two against Florida. So looking forward to that. And uh, we'll compare uh, our notes next week to see how well uh, Cole did in his predictions. Yeah. And, and, and Cole, um, I should say about Cole um, out of probably any of us, 
Uh, he's the one that when he makes these predictions, he puts his money where his mouth is. He he, uh, <laughs> he he'll put down uh, you know a DraftKings wager, and and uh, I think by by all of our I, he's the most successful of anybody. He's he's usually uh, <laughs> correct. Um, and and I should just say that. We got a a, a a team who enjoys work working together. Um, we we communicate. We have our Slack group. We talk all the time, um, and we don't always agree. There are yeah. a, a lot of different perspectives um, in in our group, and uh, we respectively argue those out all the time. Uh, and we try to present the the best of it here on on the Canadians Connection. So. Um, we, we very much, uh, and, and you'll notice that in, in the articles as well, we very much welcome, uh, diverse perspectives and, and, uh, uh, celebrate them. And, and I, for years have published them. Yeah. Uh, we're very passionate about this team and, uh, we should have plenty of interest, interesting things to say. So leading up to pro- to puck drop uh, for every Montreal Canadiens game, head over to allhabs.net. Uh, we have our game uh, previews to get you all ready and set for that game day. Also, on a completely other note here, we have the daylight savings time coming up on this Sunday. So I, I don't know if that's still going to throw people off as uh, our phones uh, do do it automatically. But if yours doesn't for whatever reason or uh, you don't have a phone, uh, please make sure you remember uh, to set those clocks back. So I, I'd hate for you to miss the first hour of a Montreal Canadiens game by doing that. <laughs> are, are they ahead or back? I think it's ahead. Spring Close ahead, back? fall okay. back. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't we know. don't phone know. Does Look at your me. phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be a wrap for us today. Uh, thanks for uh, all of our listeners for tuning in. Uh, please subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player on your favorite podcasting app. And if you like what you heard, share with your friends, share it on social media. We'd really appreciate that. Enjoy the week, and we'll see you back here next Saturday, March the 18th, for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.